0: Yes Lord, we have come to say thank you and as we come Lord, there's so much that you've done for us and Lord may you encourage each one of us to give thanks and my brothers and sisters, you know what the Lord has done in your life. The mere fact that you are alive this hour when so many have died, even some just dying this moment is enough for you and for me to say thank you, Lord. But for some of us, we have been blessed with so many things. Perhaps you have been introduced or you have introduced. Perhaps you've just recently married. Perhaps you've got a promotion at your workplace. Are you in a new class? A new level of education? Are you at a new workplace? Have you gotten a new business or new property? Have you experienced healing in your life? Have you given birth or have you seen births in your families? Have you recently celebrated your birthday anniversary and any other breakthrough? Friends, that is more than enough for us to say thank you, Lord. So I encourage us to just say thank you, Lord, as we mean it say thank you, Lord, because of this and many others. As individuals, you know what the Lord has done. But also as a church, as a nation, we know that the Lord is doing great things in our midst. So let's just go ahead and thank God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord for your love, for your faithfulness, oh God, for your mercies, oh God, that I knew every morning, Lord. Thank you. That we do not deserve certain things, O God. But it's only you who deserves our praise, O God. So we return with thanksgiving. We return with praise, O God, in our hearts, O God. We return to you, Lord, with joyful noise, O Lord. Because you've done great things. You have done great things. Friends, let's make a joyful noise to the Lord. Shout to the Lord for the great and mighty things that he does. Lord, you have done great things. You have done great things. We give you thanks. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And friends, there are some of us that are here and you say now, for me, really things have been difficult. Things have been challenging. I've been sick. I've not sick once, sick Uh, relatives, even right now, there may be patients in your family. Perhaps you've been recently bereaved. Maybe there's one challenge after another. You've not yet found employment. You are still struggling to find fees. I want to invite us that, yes, God knows even these things. He knows them. He knows your name. He knows that situation that you need in your life so let's also just build faith in our hearts let's build faith even as we pray over these things that god will release our hearts to focus on him and his word that when the word comes we will not be entangled in the issues of this world but we will focus on him father in the name of jesus we come to you once again thanking you that even in our difficulties you are there. You are present help in times of need. Lord, you know the need of each and every one of us. We surrender to you, O oh God. We ask, Lord, that you meet each and every one of us at our points of need. We choose to surrender our needs. Father, you tell us in your word that cast all your cares unto me, for I care for you. You also tell us that cast all your cares unto me, that we may be sustained, O King of glory. When we curse our cares, you sustain us. And because you will never let the righteous fail. And Lord, as we surrender these things, we recall that there could be areas of unrighteousness in us. Those areas where we have grumbled, those areas where we have talked ill of others, those areas where we have thought and done evil. Lord, we come to you in this moment of repentance. And my brothers and sisters, let's own up again and ask the Lord to forgive us. I know that we do general confessions, but I want to ask us to make individual confession. You know exactly what is happening in your own life. Ask the Lord to have mercy on you. Ask the Lord to forgive you, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, King of Kings. Forgive me, Lord of Lords. Wash me clean by the blood of Jesus. Wash me clean. Wash each and every one of us, o God. Hallelujah. Wash us, o God. Wash us, Lord. Lord, in your mercy. And Lord, we thank you because you promise that when we repent of our sins, you're faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You have also promised that, Lord, when we commit our requests to you, you will be able to meet us at our points of need because we should not be anxious about anything. But in all things, by prayer, petitions and thanksgiving we are to present our request to you and your peace that surpasses all understanding regard our hearts and minds in christ jesus father i pray that that will be our portion this afternoon the lord you respond to each one of us minister to us at those critical points of need of oh father we welcome your presence of oh god come and have your way come and minister to us oh god come and minister through me father come and minister to us all oh god that father the end of it all no one of us shall go back the same. And Lord, we know that where the children of God gather, the enemy tries to put himself there. So we come against his forces. We come against all the tricks of the devil in the name of Jesus. We come against him who causes slumber, who causes destructions. Lord, as your word is being shared, I pray against every form of destruction and I pray, Heavenly Father, that you release us Open our minds, open our ears, open our eyes, oh God, that we'll be able to hear your word and we'll be able to put it in practice and may glory and honor return to you. For in Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. Amen and amen and amen. We can make a bigger hand clap to the Lord, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord welcome those of you that are here welcome those of us that are in our different places those that are following online the lord bless each one of us as we share i'm reverend betty Mwanda, and by god's grace i'm sharing this afternoon on the subject the power the gospel the power to carry conviction the gospel the power to carry conviction. And as we look at this topic and the portion of scripture that uh, was given to us, I would like to ask us to have a brief background to this, knowing that the gospel is the message concerning Christ, the message concerning the kingdom of God. It is a message concerning salvation. The gospel is a message concerning Christ, concerning the kingdom of God, and concerning salvation. And in the portion of scripture that we'll be able to read, we see a man called Paul. But this Paul, we know him previously, he was Saul. He was a zealous Pharisee, one of those that was devoted to do everything possible to distract the preaching of the gospel because of his faith in Pharisee religion. He was a very religious person. So he thought he was doing right, he persecuted the church. But praise be to God of all seasons, of all situations, that he arrests this soul on the road to Damascus as he's going to seek permission to persecute the believers. And Saul is converted to a Paul and became as zealous now to propel the very gospel that he opposed. Praise the name of the Lord. The person who was against the gospel, he is transformed because of the power that is in the gospel. And he is able to devote his time even to the point of prison, to the point of suffering. Friends, this Paul was able to mentor others. He mentored many, but some of those that are mentioned, the scripture that we are going to read is Silas and Timothy. And together, they went on to minister the word of God, to propel the gospel, to preach the gospel. And in chapter 16 of Acts of the Apostles, scripture mentions how they were, preaching, and because they were against the traditions of some people, they were arrested. Paul and Silas were arrested. But as they sang praises to the Lord at midnight, the angel of the Lord came down, and they were released from their prison. They were released, and because of that, he continues. And in chapter 17, which we are going to share, the scripture mentions that Paul and Silas and Timothy were preaching in Thessalonica, in Berea. But again there, they met opposition, and Paul had to leave. He moved on to Athens and left Timothy and Silas to disciple the new converts. I invite us now to read Acts of the Apostles, chapter 17, from verse 16 to 34, as our portion This afternoon, as we share more. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 17, verse 16 to 34. The Bible says in the New Living Translation, While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply troubled by all the idols he saw everywhere in the city. He went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles. And he spoke daily in the public square to all who happened to be there. He also had a debate with some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers. When he told them about Jesus and the resurrection, they said, What is this babbler trying to say with these strange ideas he's picked up? Others said, He seems to be preaching about some foreign gods. Then they took him to the high council of the city. Come and tell us about this new teaching, they said. You are saying some rather strange things, and we want to know what it's all about. It should be explained that all the Athenians, as well as the foreigners in Athens, seemed to to spend all their time discussing the latest ideas. So Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. For as I was walking along, I saw your many shrines. And one of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing is the one I am Telling you about. He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since He is the Lord of heaven and earth, He doesn't live in man made temples, and human hands can't serve His needs, for He has no needs. He Himself gives life and breath to everything, and He satisfies every need. From one man, He created all the nations throughout the whole earth he decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and exist, as some of our own poets have said, Sorry, as some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him for he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who is who this is by raising him from the dead. When they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt. But others said, we want to hear more about this later. That ended Paul's discussion with them, but some joined him and became believers. Among them were a member of the council, a woman known Damarius, and others with them. Brethren, this is the word of the Lord. The scripture is very clear. Paul is engaging with people in Athens as he waits for... Silas and Timothy, he's able to speak to people every day. Every day he was able to engage with them, both in the synagogue or the temple, but also in the public square or in the marketplaces. He was even able to engage with philosophers, people that think that knew a lot, but he was able to engage with them talking about the gospel of the kingdom of God, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of salvation. And we are told that they Athens, even those that came in Athens, loved to hear, to engage in the latest ideas. Now Paul brings them the gospel and he speaks to them, noticing that they have idols, they have shrines, and he speaks to them about the God whom they did not know because they just said to an unknown God. And he's able to clearly explain. And as he speaks, he says, the purpose for which God created the world and things around the nations was that his, his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. The purpose of the gospel is that people may come to God, may find him. And indeed, he's not far from us. God is near us because in him we live and move and have our being. And instead of continuing to think about idols that the Athenians were so devoted to, Paul challenges them that God overlooked those days of ignorance of thinking and concentrating on idols and he requires everyone everywhere to repent and turn to him because he has set a date for judgment and as the passage comes to the end and discussion we are told there are some who laughed in contempt but there are those who believed there are those who turned to the lord there are those who accepted the gospel? Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord is good. And all the time, and that is nature. Wow. And we are the testimony. And we stand up and keep uh, clapping in the air. and praise the King of Kings. When I say it again, the Lord is good. All and all the time. And that is his nature. Wow. (laughs) Testimony. Hallelujah. As we share, I'll only consider two main points and lessons for our learning about this whole portion as we look at the gospel, the power to carry conviction. And we'll have One point talking about having a strong conviction as we look at what conviction is. It's having a strong opinion or belief which you are willing to stand for. When we are talking about conviction, we are looking at a strong opinion or belief that makes you stand up for something. But we also look at... Conviction from the point of view of feeling guilty, feeling sorry for the wrong that you do for the sin so that you are able to turn away from it. Feeling guilty and sorry for the wrong, for the sin that you have committed in order to turn away from it. And as we look at this conviction, we know that the Holy Trinity is responsible for the conviction, both in having the strong belief, the strong opinions to stand for preaching the gospel and living rightly with God, but also for us to feel guilty for the wrong that we have committed. And we know that Jesus Christ, in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verse 8, he was telling his disciples. That you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So the power of the gospel, the power for conviction, for us to be able to be witnesses for the Lord is from God, is through his Holy Spirit. But also in John chapter 16, verse. Seven to 11. I'll just paraphrase John chapter 16 verse 7 to 11. Jesus also was talking to his disciples that it's good for him to go because when he goes the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Helper would come and his main role was to convict people the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment. Convicting people of their sins so that they turn to God, but also convicting them so that they can live lives of righteousness and to know that at the end of it all, there will be judgment. And friends, I have seen the Holy Spirit's work of conviction in the lives of people, including my own. I was a young person doing my own business, but God drew a conviction in my heart to read the Bible. I remember I was in senior one, and I was coming from what you'd call a 50th world school, where English was not my portion. I didn't know it that much. But because of the power of God, God helped me to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation under one year that was the power of god and through his holy spirit i got the conviction to know that young as i was i was a sinner i would tell small lies i would pick small things especially in the house but the bible made me know that i was a liar i was a thief and because of that conviction of the holy spirit I knew that I needed to turn to live righteously so that I avoid the judgment, the eternal death. And by the grace of God, on the 30th of October, 1983, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I have never remained the same. I have seen God do many things through his power. And I've had close family, friends, and members. And people would say, when you speak to them about the gospel, they say, You know, it sounds good, but I don't feel like it. I don't feel it. I don't know what to do. You say, Would you like to get saved? Actually, I had one of my brothers in law. He was emotional like myself. You'd speak to him, and you see him cry, a big man, shed tears. And then you say, Okay, can we pray so that you receive salvation? He says, but I don't feel like it. So I knew the secret was to pray so that the Holy Spirit would convict him. And when I prayed, friends, he gave his life to Christ. I have seen other members, including my late stepmother, including one of my big sisters. They would say the same, I don't feel like it. But when I prayed, I would hear messages from one after the other. Oh, I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord as Savior. And I said, Praise the Lord. So, friends, you could be there and you're having a family member or even yourself. And you say, even now, as the message is being preached, I yes, it's cutting through my heart, but I don't feel like it. I don't feel like confessing. The secret is in you asking the Lord for the Holy Spirit to convict you. As the message is being preached, as you hear and read the word of God, may the Lord convict you. May the Lord convict others. And so as we share again, we'll be looking at the ability for us to proclaim the gospel at every opportunity. The conviction for us to proclaim the gospel at every opportunity but we'll also look at the power of the gospel leading to repentance and faith in god as we've heard from the scriptures saint paul had a conviction to preach the gospel of our lord and the bible says he preached every day he spoke every day somewhere before chapter 17 of acts of the apostles the bible says as it was his custom he entered the synagogue and was talking to people about the gospel he spoke to all people he spoke in all places in marketplaces and in the synagogue the gospel should not be limited friends When we have the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we can't preach the gospel anywhere, at any one time, and to everyone. And again, you could be there and you're saying now, for me, I know the Bible, but I feel shy. I don't know how to speak. I don't know what words to use. Friends, the secret is you engage with the Lord. Pray for that power of the Holy Spirit. let the Lord fill you with his Holy Spirit, and that will bring conviction to you, will give you the power that you will not be ashamed of the gospel, just like uh, St. Paul says in Romans, of the, uh, in Romans, the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16, Romans 1, 16, in NIV, the Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. You can remember that because of the power of the gospel, Peter, who had just denied Jesus Christ, was bold enough to stand and preach on the day of Pentecost, and about 3,000 people were saved in one day. You and me who feel weak, who feel shy, who feel you are unable to speak. Friend, let's ask the Lord for the power of the Holy Spirit. That the power of the Holy Spirit will empower us to be able to speak the word of God, to preach the gospel at every opportunity that we have, at every moment, anytime, anywhere, and to all people. You may say, I am not a clergy or I'm not among the people that are given opportunities to preach. Friends, friend, worry not. The opportunities are there. You have an opportunity just where you are. Jesus was saying to the disciples, beginning in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is our home. It's our neighborhood. It's our areas where we live or work. Even as a student, you have a Jerusalem. Begin there. Begin with fellow students. Moments when there is opportunity for you to speak, you start simple. The way I do it, I start by talking to people, greet people, introduce myself and tell them what God has done. And in the process, we are able to engage. I have seen God convict people to be born again in taxis on border borders as someone is riding me to a place, before you even get to that place, I have seen people confess Christ because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The Lord, friends, is able to do that which you cannot expect. Don't feel shy. Just yield to the Lord. About the neighborhoods, maybe you have people around you and maybe you have recently moved, in or you've been there and you do not know them. Why don't you invite them? I was talking to a friend this afternoon and she was telling me this Sunday they are organizing to invite their community members in their home and they're inviting them so that they get acquainted with each other. But the main reason for them is to preach the gospel. Friends, let's use every opportunity. Where we are working, there are people. Talk, start one by one. Thank God these days they're even street preaching. There are those who are bold enough to do that, and that's all the power of the Holy Spirit. And so, friends, even as we witness, as we preach the gospel, the power of conviction, let's also remember that our lives need to preach the gospel. We should not only preach by word, by speaking, but we should also preach by our actions, by our lives, by our conduct. The power of of conviction is from God and he uses us. He has told us that the spirit convicts us of sin so that we turn away from it, but also of righteousness so that we live lives that are worth of the calling and that will be a way of drawing other people to salvation. We are an open book. The Bible says we are a letter to be read by people. When we stand when we are out there. People may not so much know who you are, what you are, but they can know you through your conduct. Are we witnessing for the Lord through our words and our actions? I challenge us. If we have not uh, been effective, let's continue. Praise the name of the Lord. And our last point looking at the power. Of the gospel leading to repentance and faith in god we know that paul engaged with the people and he emphasized the message of jesus christ and his resurrection sometimes of course we are tempted to talk to people about what they want to hear but i pray that you and me who speak the word of god we will focus on the gospel we will focus on the message about Christ. The message about the kingdom of God and the message about salvation. the other things can come in as we explain, but our focus should be on the gospel of Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And the Bible tells us that as he was speaking uh, from verses 34 to 37, I mean thir- thir- 32 to37 of Acts chapter 17, the Bible says. When they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt, but others said, We want to hear more about this letter. That ended Paul's discussion with them, but some joined him and became believers. Some joined him and became believers. Friends, as we preach the gospel of Christ, as we focus on speaking and hearing the message about Jesus Christ. We should not be like the Athens, the Athenians who loved to engage in discussing the latest ideas. What is it that we love to hear? What is it that we put our attention to? I've just shared with you that through the conviction of God and his spirit, I was able to read the Bible in a language I didn't understand much but I was able to get that conviction to accept him as Lord and Savior. Please, it's okay, we can listen to news, we can watch uh, stuff, but can we focus on the thing that matters most, that which leads to eternal life, the gospel that gives us the conviction. And as we do so, there are many benefits. As we come to the Lord... There are many benefits. He saves us from our sins. Only God can save from sin. We can run left and right, but we cannot find salvation. The Bible says salvation is given in the name of Jesus Christ. Only one name that is given through which we can be saved. We can run like the Philosophers. Those who are focusing on knowledge, those who are focusing on thinking, that ended up just as a system of thought. The others were focusing more on pleasure, on you know, freedom, but it also ended up just being pride. My prayer and encouragement to us is that we will devote our time to listen to the word of God, to study it, to apply it, to hear it as it's being preached. That we will pray and purpose to come to salvation, to accept the gospel, to become believers in the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. There are many other b- benefits. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, that we all know, can we say it together? Matthew 6:33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. We are to seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the gospel, then the other things. Some of us could be looking for spouses. Some of us could be looking for children. Some of us could be looking for work or anything else, maybe healing, whatever it is. My brother, my sister, seek first the kingdom of God, then whatever else that is your need, the Lord knows it as we are singing. He knows your name. He knows your need. He knows even before you know it. So let's be encouraged to accept the gospel and also propagate the same gospel. Do not be like those who are just laughing at it as Paul was preaching. The Bible also tells us elsewhere That when you hear the word of God, do not resist. Do not harden your heart. But we should be willing because God has ignored the days of ignorance. He has overlooked them. He demands each one of us when we hear the gospel to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Because time will come when there will be judgment. Right now, as we know, Jesus is still a Savior. But we know that he will come. As a judge, will you be ready to stand before him? Will I be ready to stand before him? Will we choose to abandon every other thing? I know a number of us are religious. And just like Paul was talking to the Athens, the people in Athens, they were religious. There was evidence because of their altars, their shrines. What is your evidence of knowing God? Are you simply coming to church? Are you simply doing stuff, participating maybe in council, participating in choir, singing, doing all sorts of things? That is okay. But, my brother, my sister, without Jesus Christ, who says, I am the way, I am the life, and the truth, no one goes to the Father except through me. It will all be potter, as some people say. It will be nothing. You'd have wasted your time. So, it's never too late. I want to encourage us to just stand up as we conclude in prayer. Let us stand up as we reflect upon our own lives, to reflect upon this message. Have we been convicted to preach the gospel that brings conviction to people? Have we yielded to the gospel that leads to repentance and salvation? And I want to invite us to make some prayers. One of the prayers that we are going to make is prayer for conviction, for ourselves, for our family members, for friends, and for all people that will be able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, those of us who have known him. That the Lord will take away the fear, the timidity, but also that the Lord will bring conviction to people to come to salvation. Let's speak that prayer of conviction, both for ministry, for preaching, but also for people to come to salvation. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you thanks and praise this afternoon. We thank you for your word, O oh Lord. We pray that it will bear fruit in our lives. Indeed, Lord, that you give us conviction. That your gospel, my Father, the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel about Christ, the gospel about salvation, will be real in our lives, O King of glory, that, Father, we shall be motivated to speak about you anytime, anywhere, and to any people, just like Paul was convicted. I pray in the name of Jesus, that strengthen our feeble knees, O God, strengthen our feeble hands, O God, strengthen us, O Lord, my Father, to seek you even as we do your bidding, O my Father. Lord, we also know that there are people who do not know you as Lord and Savior. Some could even be amongst us this afternoon. Some could be uh, following online. Lord, some could be in our communities, O oh Lord, in our homes. Father, some could be in our schools, in our workplaces. I pray that, Lord, you bring conviction upon them that will accept you as Lord and Savior of their lives. Bring conviction, Lord bring conviction father in Jesus name amen and as we continue to pray friends I want to invite us to repent before the Lord perhaps you have been reluctant in sharing the gospel perhaps you have been fearful will you bring that to God in repentance but also if you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior that you will come to the Lord because he's willing and able to save, to save up to the utmost. We will also ask that those of us who might have fallen off, that the Lord will bring us back to the faith. Let's bring repentance as individuals. Let's bring repentance for our failures. But as we do so, we also want to give an opportunity to someone who says, I want to come to Jesus, I want to believe the gospel, I want to be born again. Please put up your hand if you are here and you're willing to come to the Lord, that we shall pray together, we shall encourage you, that the Lord will continue to give you the conviction to live in righteousness. Is there someone who would like to come to the Lord or who would like to recommit their lives, you have been saved for some time, but because of one reason or the other, maybe because of the conflicts and challenges in life, you have fallen off. Would you like to come back to the Lord? If you're there, don't feel shy. We would like to pray with you, and the Lord will strengthen you. But I want to pray that the Lord will also continue to convict us as we do his work. What is that the Lord has given you specifically to do? Perhaps other than the general message to preach the gospel, there's something the Lord has told you to do. May the Holy Spirit convict you and bring that to attention right now so that we bring it to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to ask you that you help someone out there someone who'd like to come to the knowledge of the truth of god perhaps that person is listening online perhaps that person is going to listen to this message afterwards father i pray in the name of jesus that you convict them of sin of righteousness and judgment lord there could be those who have fallen off and they want to come back to the cheap fold. I pray in the name of Jesus that you help them to return, O oh God. Give them the power, give them the conviction, Father, of your Holy Spirit, the power of the gospel that, Father, they will acknowledge you as Lord and Savior. And, Father, for those of us that have been shy, that have been timid, that have been negligent of your promptings, I pray that you prompt us and continue to speak to us to do that which pleases you. And Father, may glory and honor return to you as you minister to each one of us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray thanksgiving. Amen Amen and amen.